chapter number 2. And um, for those of you who are new to our church, each year we have a theme uh, that we kind of unveil, uh, unveil and, and like we have cups laying around for weeks beforehand that people peek into and see and stuff on my desk. If you've been in my office, you'd see, uh, or any of the offices, uh, stuff about the theme. And so we try to keep it a secret, uh, but uh, not very, we don't do a very good job uh, with that. Uh, but uh, each year we have a theme. And then from that theme, uh, usually during the first three months uh, of the year, I spend a lot of time uh, kind of around the text uh, that is uh, laid before us out of Acts chapter number two, uh, and then uh, preach uh, other areas and uh, little, uh, I guess, series sometimes uh, around the topic as well. Uh, And those are some things that I'll lay out for us uh, in the afternoon service, some of the directions. The word continue uh, when you look that up in the Bible, just word search, uh, there's a lot of, lot of verses. Uh, and that's kind of how I start out with where I think the Lord wants us to go in a direction uh, and then kind of build uh, off of that. But with the word continue and the word steadfast and um, really one of the biggest parts of this next year that I, as a church I want us to understand is that God doesn't want us to quit. Um, he doesn't want us to stop. He doesn't want us to go backwards. Uh, he wants us to go forward uh, and to continue, but to continue in specific ways. Um, the temptation uh, in modern day Christianity is to look uh, towards uh, ministries. Uh, and again, there's still there's merit in doing that. I think it's you can look at other churches. I can as a pastor. There's leadership conferences and fellowships, and uh, and you can go and you can glean. Every time I go visit a church, uh, I go to their track rack uh, and see what they got. Uh, you know, I look at their bulletins and how they do stuff. I mean, there's things that we can glean and uh, and things that we can do better. And I'm not saying that. Uh, doing that is wrong. If we compare ourselves amongst ourselves, uh, it's unwise and can cause uh, some issues and problems. Uh, But the main uh, examples that we are to follow uh, and and, and churches that we're to emulate are churches in the New Testament, uh, the early churches of the first century church, uh, and uh, and to continue in the things that they've done. Again, um, we have technology, we have uh, comfortable seats in and, and a warm building. And uh, the early church, uh, as we will read here, um, they didn't have buildings. Uh, they would go to the temple to pray uh, at Solomon's porch in that area. And in the, part of the reason they did that uh, was the early church consisted primarily of saved uh, Jewish people. Uh, who that's just what they did. They would go to the temple. And, and so, uh, so they would go there and pray and other things, but uh, they would meet uh, in homes. Uh, and there are many churches in the New Testament that, were, uh, that started in, in homes. Uh, that is not, uh, by the way, uh, a proof text or an excuse uh, to avoid uh, the local church today. Uh, and uh, and uh, to have house churches because, uh, you know, uh, and elders uh, because you don't like a pastor telling you what to do and uh, all that kind of stuff. Uh, we, we go to, we take things to extremes uh, uh, often uh, in faith and in church. But um, the emphasis is going to be upon continuing, being steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord uh, because we know our labor is not in vain. Uh, we have a promise that God is bringing us to an expected end. Uh, and, and to be honest with you, I hope it's soon. 
<laughs> I hope that the trump sounds and, uh, and uh, the Lord, uh, we get caught away in the clouds and uh, the rapture takes place. But until that happens, uh, we are to be salt and light. Uh, we are to assemble uh, as a local church. And, uh, but let us read our text. I'd like to invite you to stand, if you would, one more time, if you're able to. Uh, and uh, we'll just read from verse 41 down to verse number 47, but we're going to back up through the text uh, as we lay things out. And by the way, I'll, I'll get to a, a time, I'll cut it off, uh, and uh, we will uh, we'll continue from there in the afternoon service. Happened during Sunday school, my, uh, my iPad uh, blinked out on me uh, at, uh, right at 1045. That was God telling me, you're done. Um, uh, let's have a break. And so I don't have that here. Uh, no worries about my Bible blacking out. Uh, but, uh, but if we do run out of time, uh, and I'm already, I'm hungry. I had a, uh, something earlier and, and I'm ready to eat. And so, uh, so I want to eat just as much as you do. Verse 41 in Acts chapter number 2. Then they that gladly received his word were baptized in the same day were added unto them about 3,000 souls. Look this way for just a second. Um, we're not going to get into today, but I believe that the church started with, with Christ. I don't believe the church started at Pentecost, uh, but with him as he called out, he says, this, the gates of hell won't prevail against it. Uh, all this was established. They're waiting for the Holy Spirit to come. Uh, and uh, we'll read about that here in just a little bit. Uh, but they added unto them. Uh, and so there's addition to something that was already there. Uh, remember, they had a, they had a, a treasurer who was um, um, wicked, <laughs> and uh, Judas Iscariot. Uh, and so, so if you think about it for a second, the church is already established, uh, and, uh, and they are added to them 3,000 souls. Verse 42 and they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and in breaking of bread and in prayers. And fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done by the apostles. And all that believed were together and had all things common, and sold their possessions and goods, and parted them to all men as every man had need. And they continued daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. Our Heavenly Father, I pray that you bless this message, our theme, uh, our day here for you, our year. Uh, Lord, help us to honor you. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. Please be seated. So in Acts chapter number 2, we have um, God empowering uh, the church with the Spirit of God. We have the account of, of Pentecost and, uh, and uh, the uh, disciples, the followers of Jesus after the crucifixion and His ascension uh, were, in, were instructed to go to Jerusalem and wait uh, for the Holy Spirit, uh, the Comforter, to come. As we read the Gospels, you know, Jesus promised uh, the Comforter. By the way, the Holy, that wasn't the first time the Holy Spirit uh, showed up. Uh, we read all the way back in Genesis. He moved upon the faces of, uh, of the waters, and, and the Holy Spirit is God. Uh, we believe in a triune God. Uh, we were created uh, in, in their image, our image, the Bible says. So uh, the Holy Spirit, this is, you know, the Holy Spirit came upon people in the Old Testament, like, uh, like Samson. Uh, and, uh, in, but God is changing some directions, and now in the New Testament, the Comforter, the Holy Spirit comes, He indwells the believer. Uh, and uh, and uh, it's the power or through the power of the Holy Spirit 
that God does uh, the work. He does the work in, the lo- in us personally, uh, the, in the local church, etc. Everything that's good in us, by the way, is all the Holy Spirit of God. Uh, and, uh, and, by, and I don't shy away from um, Holy Spirit or Holy Ghost or uh, the power of the Holy Spirit. This is a, a non-charismatic church. Uh, we're not a Pentecostal church. Uh, but uh, but we, can't, we can't allow for um, times where perhaps churches uh, take things too far uh, or teach something that's false for us to shy away from biblical stuff. All right? And, uh, and so um, the Holy Spirit of God uh, and the teaching about uh, Him uh, and what He does, His ministries, all of those things are, of course, valid uh, for us and, and something that we should uh, always, always as a church uh, be reminded of. And, of course, uh, we don't want to quench the Spirit of God. We don't want to grieve the Spirit of God. Uh, and you can have the power of God in your life um, as much as you want, um, but uh, we have to be vessels that God can use and that He can fill. Uh, so when I got saved, uh, I got as much of the Holy Spirit as I'm going to get in the indwelling of the Spirit of God. Um, but um, I can be filled with the Spirit of God to serve and to work, to do things for Him, uh, and, uh, and that filling is dependent upon uh, my walk with God, my prayer life, uh, sin, the absence of sin, being a vessel, and there's, there's parables and analogies and things in the Bible uh, that deal with all of that. So they're waiting for the Holy Spirit of God uh, to come. Ten days is the, uh, what most people have figured uh, is the amount of time. Uh, and if you look back into chapter number one just briefly, uh, it says in verse number 14, um, that laid out those who were in the upper room. Uh, and remember, Christianity... We see 3,000 being added to the church uh, in Acts chapter number 2. Uh, but there were thousands and thousands that followed Jesus. Uh, and many of them left following him because of his hard sayings, the things that he taught. Uh, and at the very end, uh, there was just a handful of people in an upper room. Uh, and uh, for the, uh, the, the, the Passover feast and the Lord's Supper. And, uh, and then uh, from that, we find 120 and uh, and, uh, and then from that, added to that, uh, 3,000. And elsewhere, uh, we read in the book of Acts, uh, thousands added. And, uh, and it all began. It's kind of like a, um, you know, a pyramid scheme <laughs> uh, in one way. It just started and it just kind of went out uh, and just leveraged out that way. A biblical, godly uh, pyramid scheme. Uh, and uh, when, when you think of it that way, nothing illegal uh, about it uh, at all. Verse 14, these all continued with one accord in prayer and in supplication with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, uh, and with his brethren. Um, and uh, that's his brothers and sisters. Uh, and, uh, and so Mary's not a perpetual virgin. Uh, and, uh, and we don't worship Mary. Uh, we worship Jesus. Uh, and in those days, Peter stood up in the midst of the disciples and said, uh, the number of names together were about 120 Men and brethren, the scriptures must needs have been fulfilled, which the Holy Ghost by the mouth of David spake before concerning Judas. Uh, and so here we have um, the story, the tragic story of Judas and, and uh, his demise, and, uh, and then the choosing of a replacement uh, in uh, Matthias uh, in verse number uh, 26. And, uh, and all of this was the local church working and operating uh, and, uh, and waiting uh, for the Holy Spirit to come. 
in verse number one of chapter number two, and when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And by the way, um, it's, uh, we find unity uh, in, in them being in one accord uh, is, is something that God stresses time and time again through the book of Acts. Um, God never intends for there to be discord, disunity uh, in the local church. Where there is discord and disunity, um, it has to be dealt with uh, and uh, confronted uh, either individually. Um, and that's not. And I'm not, I'm not saying discord or disunity is like you know we don't always agree, we we never will agree on everything. All right, um, but but what God intends for us to do is to. Focus on the main things and uh, the, the stuff that he prioritizes in Scripture, making the main thing the main thing. Uh, and then in our preference towards one another, our love for one another, we defer. Uh, and, uh, and there are times where perhaps you may disagree uh, with um, not a doctrinal thing. We have to be, we have to be united uh, in doctrine. We, our, our statement of faith what our church believes, those are all things that are, well, they're written in the Bible, uh, but we also have constitution and bylaws. And uh, in those statements of faith, you can find on the uh, website and in and written materials, etc. cetera. Uh, we believe what we believe. And, uh, but even saying that, um, there are going to be people who come to our church, who visit our church, uh, who um, they don't agree with everything, even in our statement of faith. Uh, but to unite with our church in church membership, um, those are things that are pretty important. So uh, if there is, I'll just put this out there as part of, uh, of everything. Uh, if you have not united with our church uh, in church membership, um, in, in one of the reasons may be that you don't um, agree with uh, or uh, a position that we have, I want to encourage you to, to, uh, to call me, text me, whatever, uh, make an appointment, uh, let me know that you want to talk about thing, those things and so, they can, uh, so I can lay out the case uh, uh, or help you understand perhaps uh, that area and get beyond that. Because it's, it's important for us as Christians, God never intended uh, for us to be saved and then just kind of float off uh, into, you know, uh, the abyss without the support, uh, the teaching, the, the everything that uh, the local church provides for us as Christians. Um, so uh, I know people will say, well, I'm not for organized religion. Uh, but, uh, and I, I kind of, I understand people's, um, you know, the anxiety that comes from that or just the problems and people have been hurt or whatever. Uh, but uh, it's important for us to forgive and move forward and be involved in united, a, a member fitly joined together in a local church. Uh, you can worship God in your, in your tree stand or in, on a lake or whatever, uh, but uh, God uh, loved the church and he gave his son to die for it. Uh, it should be important to all of us. And when you think back even in uh, our themes the past three years, last year was striving together, uh, which uh, was connected to us as a local church, um, the year before that was so much the more, uh, focusing on the importance of being in church uh, because we're getting close to the end. And, and so there's been time spent uh, on this um, around the local church. We're going to dig deeper into it in the doctrine and everything uh, this year. Uh, but uh, we, we cannot, and if you read your Bible, you can't get away from the importance of the local church in the life of, of, of a Christian. 
And so uh, they, they choose uh, this, uh, the, another um, apostle, uh, and then the Holy Spirit of God, the Bible says in verse 3, appeared unto them like cloven tongues, like as fire, and it sat upon each of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues, and the Spirit gave them utterance. Now, uh, I'll say this about all of that. Um, the Holy Spirit, remember this all new, in uh, the gospel message, uh, the, the church, uh, people getting saved out of Judaism, Gentiles uh, getting saved as we read through the book of Acts. All this is new. The Holy Spirit is given. And, uh, and just like, you know, oftentimes we need a sign uh, that God is doing. God gave signs. These are sign gifts uh, for the Jews. And all of this was to establish the validity of the gospel message. Uh, and, uh, and in a moment, Peter is going to preach uh, a gospel message to the people. And all the people that were there... Uh, heard what Peter preached in their own tongue. Amen. All right. So, so uh, tongues uh, biblically were legitimate languages. They weren't uh, heavenly language uh, of gibberish that uh, that is taught um, uh, in some churches today, uh, or is also um, um, elevated uh, to a place like if you don't do this, then you're you're not saved or you're not. You're not really saved, or uh, and uh, and those are errors, doctrinal errors. Uh, and uh, we believe uh, I'm a, a cessationist, and what I mean by that is when the word of God was completed, that which when part was done away. Uh, and since we have the complete revelation of God, um, there are sign gifts and things that were early on in the in you know at this time that God um, doesn't use. And and uh, and by the way, uh, if it was so important for people to be saved to speak in tongues, it wasn't till the the early early 1900s, um, that all of that stuff just went away uh, and then had a resurgence uh, um, in California, <laughs> of all places. Most weird things come out of there. Uh, and, uh, and so uh, it's the, the Azusa Street incident uh, and a revival that was there, and uh, people started speaking in uh, you know, tongues and fire on you, Benny Hen kind of stuff uh, that, uh, that, that we see on, uh, on television. And so, verse 5, And they were dwelling at Jerusalem, Jews, devout men, out of every nation under heaven. Now when this was noised abroad, the multitudes came together and were confounded, because that every man heard them speak in uh, his own language. And they were all amazed and marveled, saying one to another, Behold, are, are not all these which speak Galileans? Uh, and how hear we every man in our own tongue when we were born? And then, uh, and then lists out countries. Uh, nations uh, that were there. So uh, they, they heard uh, in their own tongue, their own mother tongue, uh, as these Galileans preached the, uh, and spread the gospel, they understood. And it was a miracle. Uh, and, uh, and, and it was something so amazing and fascinating uh, and, uh, and thought captivating and, and provoking uh, that God used all of that. And, uh, but, um, but when you read a little bit further, verse 12, they were all amazed and were in doubt, saying one with another, What meaneth this? Others mocking said, These men are full of new wine. Uh, and, uh, and so, uh, but Peter stood up uh, when all this was going on, and he preached one of the, uh, the um, most important sermons in all of the New Testament. And I'm not going to spend too much time on it this morning, uh, but, uh, but he just laid it all out, lifted up his voice, and said unto them, Ye men of Judea, and all ye that dwell at Jerusalem, verse 14, be this known unto you, and hearken to my words. For those are not drunken, 
as he supposed, seeing as but the third hour of the day. Uh, there, was a, there was a time in history where, uh, where it was unacceptable for people to be drunk uh, at, uh, at a certain time of the day. Now it's just like 24 hours a day. Uh, and uh, so, uh, and he goes on basically laying out what had taken place in, in verse 22, um, well, verse 21, and it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Ye men of Israel, hear these words, Jesus of Nazareth, a man approved of God among you by miracles and wonders and signs, which God did by him in the midst of you, as ye yourselves also know, him being delivered by the determinate counsel and foreknowledge of God, uh, have, ye have taken and by wicked hands have crucified and slain, whom God hath raised up, having loosed the pains of death, because it was not possible that he should be holden of it. For David speaketh concerning him, I foresaw the Lord always before my face, for he is on my right hand, and I shall not be moved. Uh, and he continues on, basically laying out the case that the Messiah had come. It's in Jesus uh, of Nazareth, uh, and you crucified him, uh, and, but God raised him from the dead. Uh, verse 32, this Jesus hath God raised up, whereof we are all witnesses. And, uh, and, and uh, he's alluding to uh, all of the people that saw uh, the uh, risen Savior uh, and before he ascended into heaven, uh, and 500 at one time. In fact, I, uh, I, you know, people say it was a delusion. But for 500 people to see the same delusion uh, at the same time uh, is uh, mathematically uh, impossible. Uh, so one of the greatest proofs of a resurrected Savior uh, is the testimony, the witness of all those people seeing it, uh, a risen Christ at the very same time. Apologetics, defense of the faith, there are many things that we'll cover uh, in the course of this next year. Uh, and uh, in verse number, so he lays this all out, verse 36, Therefore, let all the house of Israel know surely that God hath made the same Jesus, whom ye have crucified, both Lord and Christ. So a pretty straightforward, in-your-face, um, gospel message uh, that uh, was not soft-soaped, uh, he didn't beat around the bush, uh, and he laid it out there very plain. And, uh, but Peter's sermon uh, was in the power of the Holy Ghost. Uh, he was preaching what God wanted him to preach. Now, I will admit, uh, because I'm a sinner saved by grace, Grace that um, there have been there there have been times and there will probably be times in the future where uh, I say something from the pulpit that's not Holy Spirit led. Um, you know, preachers get upset. Uh, um, they there are things going on in life and uh, and uh, within the local church and uh, so I would be lying and and by the way every preacher uh, on the planet would be lying uh, if they said everything that they preach uh, was done in the Spirit. Okay. Now, when I recognize um, either myself through the Holy Spirit of God or by somebody pointing out um, that wasn't very spirit-led, Pastor, um, I'll, take, I'll take my lumps. Uh, I certainly will because I want to please the Lord uh, in, in preaching. Uh, but there's no mistaking that Peter, and remember, Peter was a mess. And, uh, and so he, uh, um, and, 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 and that very fact should encourage each and every one of us that God can use us. Uh, even when, when we, you know, we deny him or uh, we you know, blow it like Peter did and, uh, and, and, you know, go back to fishing and all of that. I'm thankful for a God that's a God of second chance and um, the millionth chance <laughs> uh, if, we, if we really think about it. 
Um, but it was Holy Ghost preaching. And so there were, of the, there were signs following. There was all this. But what was the reaction? Uh, there was, first of all, there was deep conviction. Uh, the Bible says that when they heard this, verse 37, they were pricked in their heart and said unto Peter and the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? Um, pricked in their heart. Um, they felt um, the nails wherewith they had crucified uh, Jesus uh, sticking fast in their own hearts like sharp daggers. And the Bible says that they were pricked there. And when the spirit of grace is poured out, um, sinners are sure to see him whom they've pierced. We read about that in the book of Zechariah uh, in chapter number 12. Uh, the Holy Spirit came. One of his ministries is to convince of sin. Uh, how shall they hear without a preacher? How shall they preach without the convicting power unless they are saved by the grace of God? So they're sent uh, through the power of the Holy Spirit. But deep conviction is brought. Um, and by the way, that is a goal uh, in all Bible preaching. Amen. Preaching the Word of God to a congregation uh, with the intent uh, that hearts are convicted uh, over what has been preached uh, or what has not been preached, uh, but that the Holy Spirit does a work. Um, one of the things that's going out uh, in Christianity today uh, are gospel invitations. Um, and, uh, and so, in fact, people just try to, um, you know, they just don't do them anymore. Um, get, get rid of the pulpit. But, but they're not doing a whole lot of preaching either, by the way. And, uh, and it's just like we just, they just don't do them. Um, and, and I'll admit they're uncomfortable. Uh, but the whole point is that when God, uh, the Word of God is presented, the Holy Spirit of God pricks our heart, convicts our heart uh, of good, bad, whatever, uh, and that we respond to the Holy Spirit's leading our life. Uh, we give the invitation so that people can uh, pray and do business with the Lord. Uh, and uh, in a corporate setting of a church, uh, if there's someone that's lost and they want to get saved, uh, gives them the opportunity to do so. Uh, but there was deep conviction. But then there's also open confession. They said, men and brethren, what shall we do? And that's really the burning question from like uh, Paul, like, uh, you know, uh, on the road to Damascus. He's like, you know, here I am. Uh, like, what, what, do you, what do you want me to do? Uh, so uh, with the Spirit of God convicting hearts, uh, and uh, they ask, what do we do? Uh, a convicted sinner never knows of himself what to do because it's, it's, it's not of man. Uh, when we get under Holy Spirit conviction, we've got to go to God and ask God what it is. And so they, um, they, said, uh, they had conviction. They said, what should we do? And then Peter, uh, through the Holy Spirit of God, gives them plain direction. He says, repent uh, and be baptized, every one of you. Uh, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost for the promise unto you, verse 38 through verse number 40. Uh, so Peter's word was not um, reform. <laughs> Um, uh, his, his word to them when they asked what should we do was not, uh, he didn't say, uh, be more civilized, um, be more loving, uh, be more whatever. He said, he said, repent and be baptized. To repent was to change their minds completely regarding uh, Jesus Christ, uh, was to repent uh, in their minds completely regarding uh, their sinfulness. They were to renounce the old life, open confession to Christ, that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Uh, and so he's under conviction. They said, what do we do? The answer was repent and be baptized. Uh, other times as we speak to this, uh, there's repentance towards God and faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, and by the way, a person cannot get saved unless the Holy Spirit of God convicts them of sin, 
uh, and draws them. Uh, we have uh, illustrations of, of stories in the Bible, uh, but, uh, and you can't get saved anytime you want. Um, God's got to be doing a work and, uh, and, uh, and drawn. That's why, um, like, for, like, I'll use myself for example. I heard the gospel numbers of times before I got saved. Uh, and uh, and it, was, it was at youth camp, uh, and I heard the gospel again. Uh, I came under conviction of the Holy Spirit, uh, and I responded to that uh, with repentance uh, and faith, uh, and God saved me. Um, but I, I, but I, be, I believed the gospel story. I believed the gospel message um, before I accepted Christ as my Savior because I was never under Holy Ghost conviction. Uh, and, uh, and there are numbers of people who are in churches today uh, who've made professions of faith that were never under conviction of the Holy Spirit of God. Um, you can pray a prayer, uh, and that prayer just, you miss heaven by a million miles. Uh, because you don't realize you're a lost sinner uh, that needs a Savior. And so he said, here's the answer. Repent and be baptized. And uh, we'll look at, as we dig through this passage, all the qualifying words, like the word for, in uh, stuff as we go through the course of the year. Uh, and, and again, you think of, um, uh, we understand that baptism doesn't save us. Uh, because we have the whole counsel of God. And so we, uh, when it says the, um, you know, those that were the same day were added to them, 3,000 souls were, you know, they were saved, they received his word and were baptized. Uh, baptism doesn't save us. Baptism is a, a symbol. It's a, it's a sacrament, uh, an ordinance, if you will, uh, of the local church. Uh, baptism and the Lord's Supper, only two, not seven, not 10, not whatever. There are two. And uh, we have enough in the word of God to get those two right. All right, um, God is very clear uh, on that, and, uh, and we'll be preaching about those uh, when we look at the doctrinal positions here going forward. So we see deep conviction, open confession, plain direction from Peter uh, as they're asked what we should do. And then we see a joyful reception uh, of that truth in verse number 41. They gladly received his word. The offer of the remission of sins through repentance uh, was like cold water to a thirsty soul. They realized their need for a Savior uh, and uh, gladly received the gospel message. Uh, and uh, and 3,000 um, that day uh, were saved. Uh, and uh, and 3,000 brought in and added to them something that already exists. Uh, and then the Bible says uh, they progressed, uh, which is our theme verse for the year. But it's in a context uh, which uh, we're going to be uh, you know, getting into uh, quite a bit. Uh, but it says they continued steadfastly uh, in doctrine, uh, fellowship, breaking of bread, in prayers. They were, they were God-made converts, uh, and, uh, and they, they learned to love the Word of God in doctrine. They continued steadfastly in that. Uh, they continued steadfastly in love for one another. Uh, and uh, in fact, the Bible, uh, we'll see that. Uh, we'll be talking about love uh, in 2024, loving each other uh, and what all that means. Uh, love for their absent Lord. Um, we'll get into uh, this phrase, breaking of bread. In fact, you see it twice in just a few passages of Scripture. And there's a lot of confusion as to what that is. Uh, is it referring to the Lord's Supper? Uh, is it referring to communal uh, meals? Uh, and the answer is yes. All right, it's both. 
And, uh, but what had, uh, for sake of time, uh, I'll just briefly mention this. When, when Jews, uh, Jews are worse than Baptists when it comes to eating for everything. They got feasts for everything. All right. So here we got Jews that are getting saved. Uh, and, uh, and they had what was called an agape feast or a, a, a love feast. Uh, and uh, so as these new Christians saved by faith uh, and grace... Um, coming out of Judaism, and we know this by reading Galatians and Ephesians, they had a hard time kind of getting rid of old habits. And so the understanding is, is that they would, they would meet together for communal meals, uh, and at the end of those communal meals, they would have the Lord's Supper. Um, and when you look at context in verse number 42, uh, those are all spiritual things involving the church. Later on, it says uh, in verse number, what, 46, they continued daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house and to eat their meat with singleness, with gladness and singleness of heart. Uh, so the re- reference to breaking of bread and eating meat is an obvious reference to communal, communal meals. Uh, and, uh, and so we know uh, that they went to seed with this. In fact, when we read in 1 Corinthians uh, chapter numbers 10 and 11, uh, they were abusing this privilege and they were instructed by God through Paul uh, to have their communal meals at home and to not disparage the Lord's Supper, it had turned into a, a, a potluck uh, that uh, people were, some people had, some people didn't. And so um, right straight out of the gate, God under, in Acts chapter 42, he says, continue in these things, the breaking of bread. He also says breaking of bread a couple verses later. Uh, and we know uh, that, that they, um, they did wrong uh, as this stuff was fleshed out going forward, uh, but, but it is speaking of the Lord's Supper, and I'll be preaching and teaching about communion uh, through the course of the year uh, and what all that means. And so he said to continue uh, in doctrine, uh, in fellowship, and that's just not um, having meals and hanging out together, playing games. There's a fellowship uh, amongst Christians in the local church that is absolutely amazing. And it's not just a fellowship within the local church. It's like when you, you can go to another sister church uh, on the other side of the world and feel the same fellowship, the unity that we have in Christ. So it's, it's, it's more than just fellowship. In fact, um, if you think about it, we're, we're going to have a fellowship. We have a fellowship hall, kind of, well, our whole church is a fellowship hall uh, when, we, when we do all that. Uh, but churches have, they've gone, we go to extremes. So we build fellowships and family recreational centers, and we, we, pl- we place an emphasis so hard upon fellowship in those ways um, at the exclusion of doctrine, <laughs> um, prayer, uh, and, uh, and what fellowship and uh, fellowship really means. So uh, they, they loved the word, they loved one another, a love for their absent Lord and a love for private and public prayer uh, is uh, something that they continued in. Uh, we need to pray more uh, as a church. And then it says they had together all things common, verses 44 through 45, they had uh, cooperation. Uh, and uh, this is not um, a proof text for communism, all right, community. Uh, socialism, communism. And here's the difference uh, in a nutshell. Um, community, biblical community is voluntary and as there is need. Communism is uh, not that. Uh, it is forced and taken whether you want it or not and distributed. Uh, and by the way, even 
this was abused um, because they're sinners saved by grace just like we are. And, uh, but there is something important to note in that uh, because they loved each other and they preferred one another. There was a care that was given. Uh, and God elaborates on that that were to, were to help, uh, especially those of the household of faith. In fact, this next week, this next Sunday, uh, you will have an opportunity to put this into practice as we come alongside someone in our church uh, and help them. So hearty cooperation. Then it says, gladness of heart. In verses 46 to 47, there was a jubilation uh, and uh, in a happiness and uh, a unity uh, that was there. So the gospel and the power of the Spirit is still the power of God. Uh, and it, it pierces and convicts the heart of sin. It compels men to confess their need for a Savior. It brings joy of forgiveness to the believing heart uh, and uh, keeps us in fellowship with those who obey. Uh, it t- helps us to turn self-denial into, into delight uh, in a heart of praise uh, for God. Uh, and it says they, in verse 16, continue daily uh, with one accord. Uh, and by the way, it says in house to house. That's not a proof text for door-to-door Soul winning, all right, is they went from house to house preaching its doctrine. They had house churches, and they, and they, had, they did it every day uh, because they didn't have, you know, um, 9702 128th Street East. Um, they would go to the temple to pray because that's what they did as Jews. That's what they knew. Uh, and, uh, and so they did both of them, uh, and, uh, and then as the church grew in, uh, in knowledge and instruction and as they laid out the apostles' doctrine uh, to what a church is and what a church does, how to behave ourselves uh, in, in church, all of that. And most of your New Testament uh, deals with all of that. And it says, they with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house and eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart. Uh, I'm going to lay, lay lunch, uh, our plans for lunch on pretty thick right, right now. Um, having dinners years ago when we were at New Heights um, we started having fellowships to where we'd have an early service and this, was, this is what I thought if we have a service and then we provide food surely everyone will stay for the, for the next service because it is, it is not socially acceptable to eat and run all right, all right. You feeling guilty right about now? All right. So, so that w- and it, it doesn't work because people have been eating and running for all these years. All right, but but it but it's not so much as I want you here for the next service so I can preach to you. Um, it is an integral part of your health as a Christian to fellowship and have communal meals with one another, and not just at church, but in your homes. And they would do that as a practice in the, in the early church. In fact, he says we're supposed to be given to hospitality and, and to love one another and part of that. And there is, there is something special. I mean, you can, I'm a foodie. Uh, and, uh, and so I like to eat food, I like to make food, I like to be around. There's something special about sharing a meal with somebody. Um, but today, of course, we're, everybody's in their phones uh, and, uh, and not engaging and and, uh, but God has burnt into us uh, a, a need for fellowship with one another, especially in uh, the, the, um, the, the fabric of the local church. 
And so, um, you know, if you have plans to go today and you leave, I'm not going to like, hey, you see them leaving? They didn't, they didn't listen. Uh, and, uh, but I really want you to think about it. It's not, it's just, um, it's important. It's not just even, you know, there's, there's churches that do it as a convenience to keep their, their church family there uh, and some people that would drive great distances to church and, uh, and not have to go home and come back. And there are a lot of reasons that are pragmatic about having fellowships. But the, the deep down biggest one is that we're supposed to continue in it. And it was important to their, their church at, at, from every level of, of, of community and helping each other uh, and, uh, and all that was involved in that to the purity. And, and it's easier to provoke unto love and to good works when there is genuine love and concern and care and we in relationship. All right. And so I'm going to be stressing fellowship um, hard uh, in 2024. And, um, but not just because we don't have anything to do and we're not busy. It's just that you need more, of Christ, more Christian influence in your life than you do worldly influence. And, and you should desire to be around other brothers and sisters in Christ for all the reasons that God says it's important. Uh, and uh, that we might bear one another's burdens and uh, pray for and lift each other up uh, in all of those things that God would have. And it says, praising God, verse 47, and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. Uh, God builds the church and he adds to it. And sometimes I get frustrated that he isn't adding to it fast enough. Um, But then when I get frustrated, it reminds me like, well, um, you got to do your part. You got to do your part, and it isn't just you know, you, you throw the church address on the on the internet and then just hope people will come. Actively pursuing through soul winning people and, and being involved in all of those endeavors, uh, and uh, but God God saves people and He adds to the church and uh, and uh, of course we uh, we should always strive and want more of that. Churches are dying and closing um, because uh, they're not evangelizing. Uh, and I heard this a long time ago, a church that doesn't evangelize will eventually fossilize. And, um, and it's why there's, there's church buildings all across America today. They got six, you know, six or seven um, gray-haired individuals that have been there since the church had started. And when, and when they die, the church is going to close. And because they're not reaching anybody. In fact, I'll say this and I'm done. Uh, years ago, when we were at New Heights, uh, we didn't have a building. We're praying uh, that God would give us uh, a, a place to meet. And we were meeting with a church uh, that was a Baptist church in Des Moines. And uh, I was, I, it was beautiful, three, like three acres, beautiful kind of like, um, um, I, I don't know the architecture, but just kind of like, a, it was really cool looking building from the outside, a lot of stonework and, and things like that. And, and so I'm like, man, this would be a great church for us. And so I was praying. I, was just, I pulled into the parking lot and I was praying, God, give me this church. And as I was praying, car, a car rolled in, an uh, uh, old man got out and introduced himself as the pastor of that church. We began to, to talk, uh, and he says, well, what are you doing here? And I said, well, I'm praying that God gives me your church. <laughs> and he said, you know what, Brother Reno, I hope that he does. And here's what he said. He says, I've buried more people than I've baptized. Oh, wow. And that is the story that is so common uh, amongst churches today. And, um, and by the way, if we, don't, if we don't evangelize and reach people for Christ, this, this church, uh, 50-some years, but, but eventually we'll just shutter its doors uh, because we're not fulfilling in the Great Commission and doing 
uh, church the way that God wants us to in this passage. So having said all that, and we'll get into more of the stuff uh, that we're laying out for the year this afternoon, uh, but um, God has a plan, uh, and it's a simple plan uh, for the local church. Win people to Christ, baptize them, teach them all things. And, uh, and my goal for 2024 is to help you, myself too, uh, to really understand how important the local church is. Not, I'm not talking attendance. I, won't, I probably won't talk that much about attendance. But the nuts and bolts of what it is and what it means and what God intends for it to do. Uh, and, uh, and I just feel that um, at this day and time, um, the local church doesn't have a rightful place in our lives and our hearts. Um, it doesn't mean as much to us. Uh, and because it doesn't mean as much to us, we're, we, we, we're not engaged, we're not involved, we, um, you know, we, in, in all the ways that we can be uh, and should be. Uh, and, uh, and, but we're supposed to be light <laughs> and salt in this area. So we're going to try to do better, and I'm going to try to lead you in that way this year. But above anything, um, all of this from a gospel message that is straightforward. Repent, be baptized. Uh, trust God, call on Him as your personal Lord and Savior. Whosoever shall call upon Him, it says right there, shall be saved. If you're here today and you don't know Jesus as your Savior, um, that's the first step to all of it. Um, repenting of your sin and trusting Christ. Asking Him to save you, accepting the gift of salvation. Uh, but maybe you're a Christian and maybe you've been here. We have generations of people in this church uh, from families. And, um, and I'm hoping that if, if, if the the love and feeling and excitement, enthusiasm about church and what God wants to do through the church has lost its luster. Um, I'm hoping to kind of um, help with that uh, this year and that we're encouraged um, uh, through uh, the preaching of, uh, of all of it. And we'll speak more to that this afternoon. Let's all stand right now. Uh, and uh, I'm asking you to pray by way of invitation. I've laid out um, uh, in, in a nutshell what we're doing and what the theme is from Acts chapter number 2. And we're going to try to talk about continuing and being steadfast and not quitting and, uh, and, and contending and all that's involved and wrapped up in that word continue. Uh, 